and welcome to Focus Fridays, a special podcast series where we share the stories of former missionaries who are making a difference in the world of work. I'm Jane, the founder and creative director of The Sunday Monday, a website and community designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. And I'm Ellie Schmidt, a former five-year on-campus missionary and currently the senior manager of career services for Focus. On this podcast, we're talking to men and women who have made the jump from mission-focused work to mission-driven work in both the for-profit and non-profit spaces. Whether you're currently a missionary, thinking about joining a missionary organization, or just planning your next move, this series is for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready for some pearls of wisdom from some of the most holy and hardworking people we know. Let's get down to business. Hi, Jane. How are you today? Hey, Ellie. I'm doing well. Excited to be back again for another one of these episodes. Oh, me too. And today's guest is so exciting because she is a household name in focus, the Miss Missy Brassy. Oh, I'm so excited to meet you today, Missy, because um, I've just heard the best things. And uh, this, is a, this is a huge honor for me. So for all of you who have not had the incredible honor and privilege of meeting Missy, Missy Brassy is a Phoenix-based 30-something who was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. She originally studied theater in college, but after a profound encounter with Jesus Christ on a semester abroad in Sydney, Australia, Missy embarked on a different path. She spent over a decade working in ministry, including seven years as a full-time missionary with Focus. She has also had numerous professional endeavors along the way, from administrative work at an environmental engineering firm to a short stint as a venue and events manager for the Boston Symphony Orchestra. She is currently working in corporate learning for Harvard Business Publishing, a Boston-based organization that delivers leadership development programs to major corporations around the world. She and her fiance, Jeff, are getting married later this year and are united by their love of God and baseball. We're so excited to have you here. So Missy, to get started, I mean, I have so many questions just from that bio, but let's get started. Would you share a little bit about your first job? Yes, I, you know, I worked in a lot of random things. I think growing up, I have quite an eclectic background. Um, I babysat like a lot of people do when they're younger. Um, I worked in a restaurant, classic. Um, I was thinking about in college, I actually, um, when I studied theater, I worked at a costume shop. Um, So that was one of my earlier jobs as as a student. Isn't that funny? It's, um, I had work study money as part of my financial aid. And so I went to the theater department asked if there was anything I can do, could do. And they asked if I could sew. I had taken one home ec class in, in high school. And so I said, yes, question mark. And they said, great to the costume shop you go. And so I learned so much about how to make costumes and run, um, the behind the scenes of a theater show with the costumes. So um, yeah, it was really interesting working in all these different backgrounds. Um, yeah. Oh, Missy, that is super exciting. And what a first job. Greg, in the last episode, it said his first job was Taco John's. So this clearly beats that. Uh, <laughs> Um, Missy, that is uh, so exciting that you were able to do that and really hone in on a new trade, so to speak, uh, with learning how to sew. 
And so how did you end up from that first job to then moving into mission work and that great yes in being able to step out um, in a new way and in a new career? Um, yeah, good question, Ellie. So I, um, I mentioned in my bio that I studied abroad in Sydney, Australia, and um, it was there that I had this amazing encounter with the Lord and also with really faithful very cool Catholics. Um, and it just inspired me to make a change in my own life. And I actually ended up serving for a year in Sydney beyond my semester as a missionary there doing like high school ministry. Um, and it was during the year that World Youth Day was there, like when the Holy Father visits and um, millions of youth from around the world come together to celebrate the Catholic faith. So um, that was a huge part of my formation. Um, and then I came back to the States after that and, and was working um, in an office and finishing my degree and thinking about being a sister and giving my whole life to the Lord um, as a religious. But then um, that door kind of closed and the Lord made it clear that was not what he was asking of me. And so I began to consider other options as a lay person to serve. Um, and I had friends who were focused missionaries and, uh, they asked me if I was interested in joining them. And I really liked the idea of, of serving with focus because I didn't have a lot of, um, guidance on my campus, uh, in the faith. And so being able to be that for other people was really attractive, what wasn't attractive, I will say, was fundraising my salary, which is what missionary focused missionaries do, because um, I was working full time and was gainfully um, employed, and and um, and it was really that kind of the last obstacle for me saying yes to being a focused missionary. Um, but one day, as I was praying about it, I heard the Lord ask me, "Missy, do you not trust me?" And it was that that pierced me and made me realize, no, I, I want I want to trust the Lord and I want to give him um, my yes and trust that he will provide. And he did <laughs> amazingly throughout the whole time I was within focus. So um, it was really kind of a, a gradual process. But um, yeah. That's incredible. I, I think that's so beautiful. And I, I don't know that many people who went from working full-time to, to moving into being a missionary. I just, I think that takes an extra, another step of courage because you already kind of have a path and I'm sure you had an idea of where you could go next in your job. And so then to, to do something, which I think is so countercultural, honestly, in that, in that environment of saying, I'm actually leaving this and I'm going to go to a job where I have to fundraise this salary. It's just, I think it's, it's such a witness to that trust that you obviously had and um, it worked out. So yeah. uh, you, you were able to just really have an incredible experience. And then you were a missionary for seven years. That what? is a wild, wild, long time. Can you tell yeah. us kind of what was that initially what you expected? Did you think you would be a missionary for, for two years or, or did you feel like you were, you might be in it for the long haul? No, I definitely thought it was a two-year thing and then I would be done. Um, and that maybe it would be something that opened a door uh, to a different path. Um, I, when I started with Focus, um, I was on campus. So I did, I did three years on campus 
um, as a missionary. And then um, I worked for four years in the focus missions department. And um, it was not until my first year as a focus missionary that I realized the focus even did foreign missions. Um, and that had been kind of a part of my past, you know, living abroad and, um, and I had traveled a little bit. And so I was super drawn to that. And so once I learned about focus missions and started getting involved and, and going on mission trips, I, that was kind of what propelled me to stay in focus, um, desiring to serve in that way. Um, and it was really funny actually coming from a secular workplace and working in an office. I had sort of forgotten how to be a college student, <laughs> like how to, and so I sort of had to relearn um, when I became a campus missionary, how to um, stay up past 10 o'clock and how to, you know, hang out with students who were all over the place. And, um, and it was a really interesting transition then going from campus after three years of that um, into the focus missions office and the headquarters in Denver, learning how to be back in an office. So it was kind of a, um, yeah, an interesting ride for sure. I love how cosmopolitan your background is, Missy, with all of your world travel and then getting to do that with missions. Um, I just think that's uh, one of the most exciting things about being able to work for Focus is you're honestly you're a great opportunity to go all over the world and to be able to do that with um, young people, mostly your own age, depending on how long you stay on staff, right? Uh, that was your... <laughs> till seven. This is, I think, coming up on year nine for me. Wow, dated. But um, I just think that's so awesome. And can you tell me a little bit about that transition from focus into where you are now? And what did that look like? And um, was that hard for you to consider leaving focus? Or did the Lord really place it very gently on your heart to be able to open the door for that? What did that look like for you? Yeah, great, great question. Um, it was a slow process. I, I think for probably a couple years while I was in the headquarters, I was considering making a transition out of focus. One of the biggest reasons that I was considering moving on was not because I didn't love the mission and didn't love what we were doing and wasn't having a total blast doing it, but um, it was actually because I felt this draw towards mission um, in the secular workplace. And I had kind of had a taste of that prior to Focus. The office that I worked in was um, only like 20 people, but um, they all knew that I went to daily mass on my lunch break. And a lot of them knew that I was um, Catholic and unashamedly Catholic, but, they, but I was also young. And, and so it opened up a lot of amazing conversations um, in that office, just because people were drawn to, you know, who I was and what I stood for, I think, and, um, and, and don't meet a lot of people like that who are willing to be almost wordless witnesses, you know, somebody who's just living their, their faith. Um, so thinking about the amazing gift that I had received in focus of formation and these relationships that I built over my time in focus and all the people who I was so inspired by who I got to work with every day. I thought that moving on to a place that wasn't quite as um, alive and vibrant, um, I could be a light, you know, I could be somebody who would be 
in a place that never got to hear about the Lord um, or never got to see anybody living out their faith. Um, and that in, in a secular workplace, we have, you know, a unique opportunity to build relationships on a daily basis with those that we're working with. Um, and then that lays the foundation for then sharing the gospel. Um, and so as a missionary, it actually just made sense to me that that would be the next step as, as really living mission. Um, and that, you know, of course it's, it's not full time. It's not something I'm, um, getting to devote a ton of my time or my energy to, but that it is, um, it is something that I could kind of do within uh, a new workplace. I love that Missy. And, and I totally agree. I think my first experience of, of getting to, I love what you said, like a wordless witness was when I was, I moved to DC in 2016, um, to intern and I was interning in the white house and I lived like right next to this big cathedral. And so every morning at, I would go to 8am mass and then walk to work. And I, I wasn't leaving work. There was like no way I, could, I had time to like leave work during the day, but I would come into my office and every morning my colleague would ask me, he'd say, Hey, what, what was the homily today? Or, Hey, what was, what was, what was mass about today? And it just was this moment of knowing that when I walked into my office, first thing every morning, people, they knew where I had been. And there was, there was this natural kind of openness to talking about it because people were so interested in it being something so different, right? It's like, we have this fascination with people who have a passion or a, um, something about them that just kind of lights them up. And we want to hear about that. And so similarly to what I'm, what I'm sure your experience was right. Like you're doing something kind of weird, which is going to daily mass. People think that's kind of weird, but they can't help, but, but try to figure out why. And, um, yeah, I, I am a big proponent of living faith in our workplaces and we need more, um, young, not even just young. We need more <laughs> just Catholic people who are world wordless witnesses in workplaces where they might be the only one and where you might be the only one who, um, who goes to church or, um, or has certain values and certain um, standards. I think it's also, it's, it's hard, but I, I also think that anyone who's been a focused missionary could handle that. <laughs> like you were walking around a, a college campus trying to talk to people about Jesus. I think you can handle working in a place where maybe you're the minority um, in your belief. So can you share maybe a bit about what you're doing for work right now and what, what that looks like Um are you still able to go to daily mass? Like what does your work look like now? I am working for an organization called Harvard Business Publishing, which is sort of nestled under the Harvard Business School. Um, it's not exactly um, directly related to it, but it's um, we're basically working in conjunction with Harvard Business School and some of the materials that they use um, uh, on campus there to bring that learning and that and that leadership development that you could get if you were studying um, for like an MBA to corporations um, across the world. And you work on a, a pretty big team, a pretty big global team, um, bringing virtual programs to um, our clients. And I, I help with the delivery of those um, sessions and, and helping cohorts to learn and, and be um, 
uh, formed in management best practices. And, um, and I'm learning a lot in, in that process. Um, I live in Phoenix, Arizona, but my job is Boston based. And so I work East coast hours, which means I get up very early. God and bless you. <laughs> every time I go back to California and I'm working East coast hours, I just want to die every single day. <laughs> yeah. It's a little rough. Um, and so I actually, it's been, um, a little bit challenging to get to daily mass as much as I would like to, because of sort of the offset hours. Um, I've had to be a little bit more creative with how I'm living my faith. Sometimes I can make it to an evening mass. Um, but sometimes I have to just find ways to pray. Um, I work from home, so I'm, I'm able to kind of step away and get my prayer in throughout the day. Um, in between meetings and things. So it is, it looks a little bit different and I have to admit, I'm still navigating that, um, that balance, you know, and it, and it can be hard transitioning out of focus where part of your job is daily mass and a holy hour every day. Um, and, and trying to find the new balance within a schedule that doesn't always allow for, um, that kind of intentional time for prayer. Absolutely. I think it's a, definitely a balance and you have to get creative depending on what your job is uh, and even your family life setting. I know um, a lot of people who are married or have children that they're, one is maybe giving them baths and the other is taking 15 minutes to pray their mental prayer that day. Um, so I think uh, that's awesome and such a witness that amidst having a tough work schedule of being in the Pacific time zone most times, and then, uh, you know, the whole change and whatever, you can edit that out, Jane, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> Pacific, right? Are you Mountain or are you Pacific? It depends on the day, you know? That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It goes back so, and forth. So. Yeah. Right. So uh, working in that Pacific time zone and then being able to still find time to be able to pray and to make that a priority of your life. That's so important. And then also how exciting to be able to work for um, a company that allows you to really have influence on some of the top business leaders across the country. Every time I hear hardware, hard, Harvard, <laughs> Lord help me. Um, Harvard, I think of two things. One, uh, that's the school where some of the um, greatest minds uh, are currently studying. And number two, I think of Rory Gilmore and how she didn't go there. <laughs> I thought you were going to um, say Elle Woods. Elle Woods. Oh, right. yeah. Jane, how could I forget? Uh, <laughs> an even better reference. But so, Miss, Missy, I'm curious, uh, how did you, what was that like piece of going from, because you said it's in Boston. Now, did you live in Boston for a time? And then to Phoenix or how did that work out for you? Yeah, I lived in Boston for um, just shy of a year. I transitioned out of focus in Denver and moved to Boston. Um, I had a friend there. I knew that it was a great East Coast city. I had um, promise of a lot of opportunities there of, of places to work. So I did spend some time out there and, um, and then um, I don't know if, if you want all of this to be part of the podcast, but um, I transitioned out of Boston um, to Phoenix, uh, kind of in the midst of the pandemic actually, but that was also because I was um, dating my now fiance who lived in Phoenix. And so um, being long distance, 
was challenging. So we, um, my job, yeah, I was able to be full-time remote, um, even in Boston because the office was closed from um, the pandemic. And so they allowed me to, to take the job with me and move down here and, and work remotely. Um, and so, yeah. That's awesome. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> that piece. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's great. And I think that's, uh, really exciting to hear about vocation in the midst of job transition too. And I'm sure Jeff would love to hear that he had an honorable mention. I've met Jeff before Missy and I actually went on a double date when I was dating Greg in Denver and we went to an ice hockey game and it was quite hilarious. So fond memories, (laughs) but, um, Um, yeah. Okay. You talked about this a tiny bit, but Missy, what parts of your job um, on mission, do you still lean on today? I, yeah, there's so many things actually that I feel like we're formed in as focused missionaries that are so transferable to the workplace. Um, I would say that one of the biggest things I think about almost on a daily basis are the cultural virtues that focus, um, has adopted and, um, instills. And those are personal excellence, joyful sacrifice and vital unity. And, um, as focus missionaries, we were encouraged to live those, but also we were, um, evaluated on them and, um, formed in them. And, I truly have brought those with me um, and just kind of made them some of part of my personal brand, if you will, um, and particularly personal excellence. Um, I, I think a lot about, I mean, yeah, I'm working at Harvard. So um, I actually work with a lot of excellent people, people who are very good at what they do, um, who are very on top of things. And so um, I strive to be that as well, Um, you know, but while keeping in mind, um, you know, the reality of not, not holding myself to an impossible or too perfect of a, of a standard. Um, And so I think, yeah, and just recognizing the teamwork um, that, that makes uh, collaboration positive um, and and keeping that um, in the forefront of my mind as I'm working with my different colleagues um, and then also trying to do things um, joyfully um, and trying to be a positive um, presence in in my office. The cultural virtues yes absolutely I think that's so unique that that was the thing that you were able to bring into your workplace. I think uh, it's such an integral part of the work that we do. And obviously what we're evaluated on, Missy, you can share what was, what was your best? What was your worst? No, I'm just teasing, but um, I, I think that's really beautiful that you're able to bring that unique piece into it and to remind missionaries that that's something that you can do and you can live out in your next um, uh, workplace. Uh, so One question that I have for you, Missy, is what advice would you give someone who's looking to move from mission work to the secular for-profit workplace? Mm. You know, when I was transitioning, um, so from, you know, I I spent about a year um, really preparing to leave Focus and um, to land a new job. And there were so many things that um, I received, so many pieces of advice I received along the way that were so helpful. Um, and that I, I will share now because I think 
um, the biggest thing that someone shared with me was that job hunting and, and landing a new job is 80% networking and 20% applying for jobs. And, you know, they said that's backwards from what most people think it is. It's like, you got to spend all your time applying for jobs and, and talking to people on the side. Um, but I found it to be true that the, the different opportunities that um, opened up to me were from the people that I met along the way or, or really opening um, up conversations and doors or knocking on doors, I should say, with people that I knew um, and trying to talk through um, what opportunities they knew of that were out there. And one of the things that also was helpful within that process for me and that I, I think is important for anyone who's considering any kind of career transition, especially, is to consider what are your passions and what are the things that you're good at? What are the talents and the strengths that you've developed over, um, over your professional life, however long that has been? I think in focus, we have so many um, strengths and skills that we learn as, as missionaries that translate um, to, to different roles in the workplace, but um, we don't always know how to phrase that, you know, how to put it in a, in a non-religious context. Um, one example would be leading Bible studies um, is the ability to lead a small group of people and guide them through. Um, I, I'm trying to remember how I phrased it, actually. I'd have to find the wording, but I basically spent a lot of time thinking through um, what I had done as a missionary and trying to put that into secular terms. Um, and then I had to think about, well, which parts of that, um, of that job you know, or of those roles, did I actually really enjoy? And what were the parts that I felt like I was the best at? And so then I started looking for jobs um, in the workplace with those qualities and, and trying to hone in on, well, what, what would I be good at? And made a big list of all these different job titles that I thought I would want and different companies. I did research of different companies that I might be interested in working at. Um, and that helped me as I was networking to share with people what um, what I what I was interested in and, and different ideas of places that I'd like to work. And then that also allowed for different opportunities um, to open up. And so I guess that's what I would say is just to do a lot of brainstorming um, and networking and and really think about who are you and and what do you have to give to the world. Absolutely. And Missy, did you? have any help uh, from focus as you transitioned to off staff? I did, Ellie, yeah. So um, at the time when I was leaving staff, there was a career consultant that was working, a third-party career consultant that was working with focus missionaries who were um, heading out. And um, one of the great, actually, I, I wanted to say that one of the great things that focus offers to missionaries leaving staff is a, a retreat type experience um, called Go Forth. And in that um that event, it's like four or five days. Um, I don't know what it looks like now, if it's changed at all, but when I went to it, um, we had time to both process what we had done as missionaries and then also um, prepare 
and talk to the people even there about what we were going to be doing and how we were going to land well. Um, and so I worked with, her name is Monica Kerber and she was the career consultant. And so I, I met with her for quite a long time. Um, several months and she helped me kind of process through things that I had done um, with Focus and how I could pitch those to different companies as um, employable skills. And also she helped me think about um, what I really enjoyed in different industries that I might thrive in. Wonderful. Uh, that's uh, really exciting that you're able to mention Go Forth. It is something we're still doing. Uh, and if any of our missionaries are on the fence thinking about that, that's May 10th through the 14th in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, so changing up location this year. But uh, yeah, I think that is a really great opportunity, Missy. And then can't say enough nice things about Monica Kerber. Um, just uh, as is as driven uh as Jane and with the personality of Sarah Swafford is what I like to say, <laughs> but um, just an incredible working professional. So I'm glad you had the opportunity to work with her. Um, but uh, Jane, I'll throw it back over to you. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I loved a, a few of the things that you said I want to call out. The first is the idea of, of networking. And I think we did a podcast on the Sunday Monday about networking, which you can go back and scroll and find. But one of the biggest misconceptions about it is that it's about reaching out to people you don't know and have never or don't have any connection to and asking them for help. And while I totally think that can work, I, I got my first job on a blind application. I also think that we have so many connections and loose ties is what they're often called. And it's the friend of a friend or your parents' friends or um, someone you went to colleges with uh, college someone who you went to college with their brother, or it's just, there's so much that we have such a, a vast network, especially I, I think through the focus network, that, that is an incredibly expansive network of people. And so that brings me to the second point you made, which is really thinking about what you want, because if I came to Missy and sat down and said, Hey, like I want, I need a job. And then Missy says, okay, well, like, what kind of job do you want? I don't know. I like something with people. I don't want to work for the church anymore. Like just something different with people. And then Missy's like, okay, well, I know 40 people in Boston. I would be happy to connect you with, but if I have no idea what you want to do, who am I going to connect you with? And what is actually going to be a meaningful connection for you? So I can't emphasize enough the importance of stopping and thinking about what it is you're searching for, and it doesn't have to be your career for the rest of your life, but I, I am such a proponent of thinking about what the desires are that God's putting in your heart and what maybe those little things are that you're curious about or interested in and trying to pursue that. And maybe doing a couple of years in, in something that you're interested in, and then you can pivot and your network gets bigger and bigger. But I think those were really important points, Missy, about, about leaning on your network because you already have an exceptionally strong network of people that you're connected to maybe a couple degrees out who can get you into the places you want to go, but you, you have to do the work and you have to know what it is that you're asking for. Um, so I think th those are really good points. So as we wrap up here, this is, this has been so great, Missy. I'm just so grateful for you being here and, and sharing your experiences with us. Well, one last question for now, what is working for you right now? Mm. Good question. Um, I, I have to say that 
a huge part of my life is organization. <laughs> I try to be really organized. Um, and that is across the board um, in my work and just in my home, in my life. Um, so lately I have been just loving trying to achieve inbox zero. <laughs> Um, both at work. I mean, that's a little easier than my personal life. Um, but I am, um, yeah, just keep trying to keep trying to hit that mark. Um, and, and so that's actually been good. Even, even the days that I don't hit it to just, um, strive for that and try to stay on top of things as much as I can, that excellence piece, you know, um, the other thing, you know, that has been really awesome. I, um, have been reading before I go to bed. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if y'all have heard of Michael O'Brien. He is a Catholic novelist. He's Canadian, but he's got his most famous book, I think is Father Elijah. Um, and he's written all kinds of novels, Strangers and Sojourners. Um, he's written one called Island of the World, which is super powerful. Um, and so I'm currently reading one of his books right now. And it's just, um, it's really edifying reading. So I would highly recommend if anybody wants to check him out. That sounds really exciting. I haven't heard of him yet, but I have now. So. Yeah. Add that too. one to the Schmidt Library. We have so many Catholic books. It's hard to not continue to buy great novels. But Missy, um, I'm so grateful that you were able to be here with us today. And thank you for your generosity and um, your time. Uh, if you haven't met Missy, she's as nice as she sounds, but she's also got a nice little sassy side to her. Um, so we can't wait uh, to um, see you again, Missy. And uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Missy. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Ellie.